Hi, this is Steve. And this is Lisa. Uh, and this is our podcast, I Married a History Teacher. We are coming at you tonight from our studio in Virginia this time. Yeah, first ever broadcast from Virginia. It is our first ever broadcast from Virginia. It is also our first ever broadcast with a guest. My favorite nerd in the entire world, <laughs> Kevin Lane. Hey, Kevin. Hi, Hi Steve. Um, so Kevin is here for a very specific reason. Uh, we have a very special episode tonight. We're talking about real history in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Kevin, in my mind, is the ultimate Game of Thrones genius. Kevin, will you fill us in on what your credentials are as a Game of Thrones enthusiast? Is? <laughs> oh, I, I, I feel like I, I feel like that's claiming that you're like a history professor or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, this is as we always say. This is a podcast. We can claim whatever we want, really. <laughs> Because there's always going to be some nerd that knows more than me, but yeah. I, I I don't know. I've read all the books. I've uh, read them all multiple times. <laughs> I <laughs> I uh, show and perhaps uh, troll through Reddit all the time, reading people's various theories about what's going to happen. Oh. Wow. Um, then also there's some like random other books that you can buy that are like related to Game of no, Thrones. No, 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 wait, seriously? Oh yeah. Kevin, oh yeah. I didn't know any of this. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's like the history of the Targaryens. There's like the there's there's like a whole book of like the world of ice and fire. Totally have that. Oh wow! But this is written by the same guy. Yes. Okay. And and He's some right. other people to help him because apparently he just can't write anything anymore. Uh, oh, why? Just like just from like a writer's block perspective, or like? I don't know. I think that he just like got super famous and can't finish the story and is really enjoying going to comic cons. Huh. There's like two more books left that he has written. Yeah, well, we know that. Um, and that's, you know, finish, finish the books. George? Shit, what's his name? George R. R. Martin. Yeah, there it is. Finish the <laughs> books, George. Was, yeah, come on, George. Killing me over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I really enjoy it. And I watch the show a whole bunch and read the books and, you know, get on Reddit. Okay. I'm a huge nerd. Well, perfect. Wow. No, I really didn't. I've, I'm so excited to know all this. I really <laughs> didn't realize the full depth of it. Now I'm really, really looking forward to your take on things. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing Kevin's expertise on this. So <laughs> I'm going to explain a little bit of what we're doing here tonight to the listeners. So um, when I first started watching Game of Thrones, I was in you know the middle of teaching and I thought to myself, there is like a lot of parallels to the real world here. Um it's real history. And me and Kevin talked about it over the last eight or nine years or however long it's been on. Um, and then what really sealed the deal for me and gave me this episode is um, the story of how George decided to start writing fantasy. And this is a story that Kevin has told me multiple times. Kevin, can you tell the listeners the story of how he figured out to write the Game of Thrones? Well, my understanding of it was that he started he had this idea of like a historical fiction kind of based upon the war of roses. And he had the idea of just doing a straight up historical fiction where they would actually follow the war of roses, but you know, it would, there would be some liberties taken, but it would generally follow that same theme. And then he was also, huh? 
Sorry, I interrupt a lot in, in this, Kevin. It's going to be yeah, annoying you for you. Yeah, you still Lisa interrupting. <laughs> and it, I will also tell you now, Steve's gotten really good at this, but you know, getting interrupted, it's hard to sometimes remember your train of thought. So just maybe make a mental note now. Um, but um, I've talked to you before, so I think I could do this. <laughs> you know, um, so w- just for the audience, the War of Roses. Oh, oh that's girl. that's way outside my territory. Oh, homegirl, we're gonna. Like, I'm gonna cover that. Shades. Oh, yeah. oh, the War of Roses is a historical event. Yes. Oh shit! So just, yeah. I thought that was a Game of Thrones thing that I forgot the name of. No, no, no. I'll explain. That. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry about that. Go ahead. No, you're cool. Uh, so he was like, he wanted to write something about that. Uh, and he had that whole idea in his head. But then he also wanted to add like a whole bunch of fantasy elements. He was like concerned about adding too much fantasy. And then and he, had, he had this idea. He knew the Targaryen symbol was going to be dragons. And then, but he was debating whether or not to put dragons in it. And then his friend was like, George, you got to put dragons in it. And, <laughs> So, so then he ended up putting dragons in it, and then it was amazing. Yeah, and, and like hearing this story and this, um, this like sort of revelation that he actually was writing with history to begin with really justified my thoughts this whole time. So now we're gonna break down. There's I've, I think it's six things I want to talk about, but that's I, I, they're in order, and we can cut some off if we run too late. But I want to talk about this first of all. It's cover what the war of roses is yes the war of roses is a civil war in great britain okay. all right so it's two different houses um wait houses actually they're houses yeah, it, was, it was like literally called the one of them was the house of lancaster and then Ooh. i think the other one was the tudors i think it was and it's called the war of the roses because technically they were both part of the same larger family and they each had a family crest of a rose just different color rose <laughs> and and that's you can see that obviously within the first three seasons and the first three books it's Westeros is having a giant civil war and among these all these houses and it's Westeros. yeah no, Lannisters yeah it's like he didn't even like take that big of a jump with the names there's the Lancasters <laughs> and the Lannisters um, and Westeros sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah sure <laughs> West- <laughs> yeah <laughs> wait so. <laughs> okay okay but sorry it, when there's houses is there also a monarchy or does that mean it's before monarchy well no th- it's, it's monarchs and, f- and feudalism is the key here right because okay. it's not just one super rich family there's lots of other powerful right, families right. okay this is yeah and this is in england this is in england and this is actually a perfect lead into the first thing that we need to establish as a history perspective um for game of thrones um and that's number one is that Westeros represents the United Kingdom, but probably just more sort of England, Wales, and um, Scotland. Okay, um, I I don't think, in my opinion, he covers most of like Europe. There's no European equivalents except for a couple like um, exceptions I'll talk about. Uh-huh. But England is like like Westeros is like perfectly England. The feudal system is the exact same. You have the monarch, the king. Uh, he gives land to lords. Then there's lesser houses that live within that lordship. And then there's also the peasants that run um, the land and do the farming. That's all just straight out of medieval Europe. Or and then medieval they didn't even English. change the shape of the map that much. No, I was going to bring that up. Like, <laughs> it's like yeah. so lazy. Yeah. So Westeros on, an, on a map is almost identical shapes to, to yeah. Great Britain, the island. I know. Um, wow, that's like 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe he was, I mean, I always do think, how does he keep track of all these characters? And maybe it's because he was, you know, borrowing heavily for the landscape. Oh, absolutely. In the context. Uh, absolutely. And, th- and this yeah. is kind of the point. Right? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, a couple more pieces of evidence for why I think it's just England and not all of Europe. Um, first of all, what language do they speak? Huh? English. They the common tongue. The common tongue, yeah, right? They, they speak the common tongue. Yeah. And, and basically English is the lingua franca of the world right now. You know, lingua franca meaning like this sort of universal language that most people know, right? Mm-hmm. The common tongue. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I might be Westerosia. I might be getting this mixed up with Lord of the Rings, which I'm also a big nerd in. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, yeah, that's a lot going around in that head of yours. So much fantasy. They at least call it both, right? Um, mm. The other big thing there is that I think religiously is very reflective of England. It's like religion was, it's not a very devoutly religious country per se. Uh, it plays a role more politically than anything else, which is pretty similar. It's not like Italy, which is like devoutly religious. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's also just the simple fact that the body of water separating it is called the narrow sea. <laughs> you know the english channel a channel being a narrow separation <laughs> uh, i love that yeah. now i will say this i think dorn okay represents southern europe yeah that was gonna be my counterpoint i was like you're forgetting about dorn man yes and i think he did something but dorn is not westeros no, it is. I'm sorry, I meant Dorne is Westeros. Yes, it's as it's far all, south as all, south can go. Yeah. yeah, it's like southwest Westeros, and it's all arid and separated from the rest of Westeros by like a mountain range. Mm-hmm. Oh, it okay. And and they're all like sexy. Yeah. Yes. Sexy well, I like always, the Spanish. I, I think. I think Spanish. of them as Turkey, actually. <laughs> really? So I'm gonna get to Turkey a little bit later, and okay. like, I, I think I should clarify now that a lot of what we're gonna be talking about different groups of people and stuff there. I, I hope this word is right in front of you too. Um, is it amalgamation sort of a combination of two different or three different groups? Is that the right word? Yeah, you nailed it. Nailed it. Isn't it great when he nails it? So, <laughs> yeah. I get so happy for him. Um, and I also think it's like a total mix and mass of timelines as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're talking about medieval uh, England, which in like if you want to go back to the War of Roses, it's 1400s. Mm-hmm. But I think there's stuff that goes deeper than that, like an SS and stuff like that that we'll talk about later. Okay. okay. I also think that the Tyrells, though, they, that feels like super southern Francie to me. Yeah, absolutely. That is an excellent point. I, um, again, it is. I don't think there's going to be like one in one comparisons, but the Tyrells of High Garden, it does seem very like, you know. So what I I do understand about George too, is that he like, he kind of based it on uh, the war of roses at first, but then from there he like moved on and he, he has like a general idea of where it's going, but he really doesn't have like an outline or a real set plan. Yeah. He could have started all war of the roses and then moved on to some just general Europe stuff. Sure. But we sh- I could also point out that the War of the Roses, that France was involved in that because the King of France was the King, uh, or the King of England was the King of France at the time, too, because of conquering. Um, oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other one I want to bring up that wow. I... Wow. Really? Yikes. Yeah, that happened a lot in Europe, though. Jesus. You could be like the King of Spain, Scotland, and Poland all at the same time. Oh, wow. That's... 
yeah. full schedule. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> um, the other thing I really want to bring up is the Andals. Now, Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Andals are right across the narrow sea in Esso, sort of like below Bravos, right? No. Where are the Andals? The Andals were like, so the first people in Westeros were the first men. And they like went there and they they took it from all these little mythical creatures. This is not going to be very like historic. Yeah. And those were, they, those were called the Andals. <laughs> no, those were called the first men. And okay. they took it from the children of the forest. Those are the little guys that like, you know, uh, yeah, that- created the Night King. Yeah, they they created the Night King. They they apparently throw fire from their hands. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. And so the the first men went over there and they they took it from the children of the forest. And then the first men lived there for a really long time and then the Andals came yes. from across the narrow sea. And then then they conquered most of Westeros except for the north. Yes. So okay. this is what I think about the Andals. So okay. it's the Anglos and the Saxons that sort of conquered the island of Great Britain from the natives. And it's like mostly English people now are Anglo-Saxons, the same way they say like king or queen of the Andals now in Game of Thrones. What? So you're talking about like it's like a whole different people situation on England before they were invaded by the Anglo-Saxons and they already had these like whole house systems and feudal systems? No, no, no. Good God, no. This is ancient. Oh, I sorry. I I didn't realize how far we... Backtracked. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Th- that is the other thing that's going to be confusing is that this is not like the what he does is uses stuff from all over different time periods. Okay. So we're gonna be talk. We're gonna be jumping time periods. So does he ever, Kevin? Does he ever talk about? Well, do you have? So you you pay attention to George R. R. Martin too, or more just his work? He's got this really stupid blog uh, that, I, <laughs> that I might have perused from time to time. Yeah. I feel like maybe I shouldn't be talking about this. No, 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 no. This dude. is why you're here. That we're pure honesty on this podcast. Yeah. Um, okay. You also got like 10 listeners, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's we have more than that. <laughs> burn. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, shoot. What was I going to ask? Something about George R. R. Martin. Oh, does he talk about his obsession with history? Like, was he like pouring over these things or oh oh yeah yeah okay. he, he he openly talks about how much he's influenced by history and then also historical fiction oh wow wow that's kind of meta it's not i don't think <laughs> <laughs> um okay maybe it's not but it's a little odd to write about real things that happen and then fake things about real things that happen in one big fake fake thing about some real things and fake things. Well, you know, history is so weird that it's really not that hard to just take it, change some names around, change some timelines, and throw in some dragons and zombies, and then boom. Okay, fine. Let's keep moving with history. Don't forget this is a history podcast, Lise. We can't get too caught up in Martin, all right? Uh, I guess so, but I mean, it is a, a special week. Oh, no, no, okay, you mean more of the other yeah, stuff. Yeah yeah, 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 fine, fine, fine. But he's an interesting man. All right, I'll so the, stop now. the next one I want to talk about, <laughs> which Sorry. also just is proving Westeros to be um, England, is the wall, right? The wall, the wall a 700-foot sheet of ice is obviously very fantastical. Um, but I really am almost positive it's based on Hadrian's Wall, do either of you guys know what Hadrian's Wall is? No. I know. So, 
Hadrian was the Roman Empire emperor. <laughs> um, okay, so he was a Roman Empire. No, he's a Roman emperor. <laughs> emperor. Yes, and uh, they were conquering the island of of Britain, mm-hmm. and they went up north. And as they got further north, they ran into a group of very large, rowdy, savage type folks called Picts, which were like modern day Scotland mostly. Was it called Drogo? No, no, okay. no, not even close, Lisa. Come on. Maybe I'm close. Tell no. me, and then I'll decide. All right. <laughs> they were called Picts. Picts. P I C T. S picks. Okay, I thought I thought there was an X in there. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, he's no. got <laughs> same pronunciation, I guess. But I basically, it's a slang term for gingers or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but they didn't want to mess with them. The Roman Empire was like basically like we don't want to go up there anymore. Those people are like insane, and we'll just stay down here. And Hadrian's Wall was built to keep them out and keep the crazy people north. Um, it was actually called was, the high water mark of the Roman Empire. What's up? And those were the Scottish people? Yeah, so I think what Martin did, because it's fantasy, is I, those were the precursors to the Scots. So I think what he did in his mind is he moved the wall north of the Scots. I think the Northmen, particularly like the Umbers, who were like giant crazy people, you know, um, mm-hmm. I think those represent Scottish people. Um, and he wanted them to be part of the actual like Westeros government and everything and because it's a fantasy he put the really crazy stuff north of the wall like your freaking dragon or sorry not dragons but giants and white walkers and that sort of people mm-hmm. and i'm about positive that's where he got that concept for the wall from <laughs> any comments from y'all do you agree yeah i just the the people north of the wall all seem to have red hair too though which i think is really funny yeah yeah i mean maybe he did that on purpose as well yeah, it's a nice one. Is, is that racist? Can we call that racist? Is he I don't being know. racist towards Scotsman? I, I, I'm Irish and we got a lot of redheads, so I think it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm Jewish. We do not. Ooh, yeah. do we have any? Yikes. I, I don't know if the Jews have any representation in Game of Thrones. Really? I just, I couldn't come up with anyone who might be like, uh, you know, like Polish Jews or like Israelis or anything like that. Maybe. We'll get to SS. We'll Bummer. talk potential. Bummer, man. But yeah. the Israeli thing would be really pretty recent. Did he pull from history's recent? No, that would be 1900s? way too recent. You're right. You're right. Okay. okay. Um, all right. Well, maybe we'll catch him next time. There's like <laughs> going to be some. Are there any books that hinted at Jews that aren't in Game of Thrones? Uh, no. That <laughs> <laughs> I can think of. All right. All right. Well, you know. Okay. Sorry, Lise. <laughs> Appreciate that. Moving on. Right, moving Number on. three that I'm yeah. almost positive, and it's going to take a lot for someone to convince me otherwise, is that the Dothraki mm-hmm. are obviously just the Mongols, and Khal Drogo oh, right, 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 is right. just uh, Attila. Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Yes, Attila was a Hun. Remember Attila the Hun? Attila the Hun of the Mongols. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Just some so, evidence, yeah. right? They all ride horses. They're all fierce as hell. Um, they all they cover a massive amount of geographical land. They're all uh, terrified of the salty water and won't go across the sea. Um, they value strength, which is a real thing, not like money and blood and politics. Mm-hmm. And Kevin, what happens when Khal Drogo dies? What happened to his Kalasar? 
it 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 all broke up. Yeah, they all started going in different directions of different calls, right? Which is literally exactly what happened with Genghis Khan. When Genghis Khan died, there was like five different other Khans that took their hordes in different directions and this mighty Mongolian horde kind of lost some power. How far did, did they get? The Mongolians stretched all the way from like China, the complete east coast of Asia, all the way into like mid-Europe. So they conquered like large parts of like Eastern Europe and like Central Asia. Oh. It was the largest land empire by geography of all time by a pretty large margin. Mm. Like total land. Wow. Yeah. What? Jeez, they were really busting ass. Yeah. And they even like, they even like behaved like their principles are like the same thing. Like they thought that it was silly that men like lived in stone houses and wore like these heavy suits of armor and stuff. And like they also there's a scene in like episode like three of Game of Thrones where Jorah is explaining like, well, if you if you see the horde coming and you surrender and you give them a bunch of treasure and slaves and stuff, then they'll leave you be. But if you try to fight them, then they will like destroy you and like wipe your city clean from the earth. And that's also what the Mongolians did. Yeah, it it was like literally that I think it's the most one to one sort of comparison in all of. Did they? Really? Oh, sorry. Did 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 they get? Did everyone get a chance to to understand the the consequences before they got slaughtered? Yeah, of course, it was explained to them. Okay, so everyone got a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, that's good. That's yeah, good. <laughs> but you have to realize that the choice was like, if you were making the choice to give them slaves, you were like literally giving them your daughter to be their sex slave. Like it wasn't an easy choice. Oh, I thought it was just you got some treasures. No treasures had... and slaves who were like the people of your town. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's a tough call. Were they just bring them all around with them? Did they have like a head, like a like a home base? Oh no, they're totally nomadic. Also, like the Dothraki. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not totally sure if there was like what's it called? There, like one city they have. Um, Vast Dothrak. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's an equivalent <laughs> with the Mongolians. There might have been, but as far as I know, they were extremely nomadic. It, it, it's cool. That's not even really a city, man. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> sort of a general region. Yeah. It's more of you no. Know, it's more of like the they all gather there and they they bring the broken gods that they've that they've conquered there. Broken gods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, and now we're talking about different timelines too, because the Mongolians were in the twelve hundreds, not the fourteen. You know, okay. there was no equivalent in the 14th. Yeah, that seems like a straight up one to one. Yeah, it's 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 definitely the closest in my mind. Um, closest of everything. Yeah, of all the possible comparisons, that's like the least amount of like morphing with other people and stuff like that. Oh, that Hadrian's Wall one seems pretty on point. Yeah, that's true too. Um, and the England thing too. They're all so dead on. They are pretty dead it's on. Funny. But I'm about to get to some more abstract ones. Should we move to the more abstract ones? Yeah, let's, or get, you, let's get weird. Sure. Do you guys, you guys, with me so far? Do you oh, like these comparisons? Yeah. Loving it. All right. Oh yeah, this is great. Okay, so next, I want to talk a little bit about Tywin Lannister, and I love Tywin Lannister because I think he represents a lot of people throughout all of European history, which is the guy who's super, super rich and everyone's terrified of him, but he's never actually the king, all right? 
there's a lot of people we can point to throughout um, history who are like this. Like I always like early on thought of him as. Um, have you guys ever heard of Cosimo de Medici? Mm. Cosimo Medicius. What if I'm not mm. trying to sound like an idiot? You I guys, can't say that I do have. Do you guys know the Medici family, though, at least? Yeah, well, when you say it like that, yeah. Yeah. So the Med- well, were those like Pope people? Yeah, well, yeah. Eventually, a lot of them <laughs> will become the Popes. But they basically ran Italy, particularly Venice, and were super, super rich merchant family. Mm-hmm. Cosimo was considered the wealthiest one, and he had, like, no interest in being Pope or King or anything because he, like, recognized that money was more important than anything else. It's like Tywin when he says, you know, like, do you really think the crown gives you power? What really gives you power is money, gold, right? But just to keep it with the narrative of of it being England, there's lots of English people it could be. My personal favorite is a guy named Rufus the Red. (laughs) Rufus the Red. (laughs) Rufus? Uh, Yeah, his name was Alan Rufus, a.k.a. Rufus the Red. He really outshot his name. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Allie Roof. We keep picking on gingers in this episode. <laughs> oh, well. um, I'm just picking on his name for Rufus. <laughs> uh, yeah. We know how those English people are. Um, but he uh, was William the Conqueror's like right hand man. Mm-hmm. Um, and when William the Conqueror died, he inherited a lot of his lands and money. Um, they estimate his wealth to be almost 10% of the GDP of England at the time. Oh, and um, so he's like Bezos. Geez. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Tywin equals Bezos equals Rufus the Red. It's all connected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the last thing I really wanted to talk about, I believe, is kind of um, more broad because I, I want to talk about Essos, right, which is the Eastern continent as a whole. Um. Have you guys ever had any thoughts about what Essos is and what was represented by Essos historically? Wait, wait, wait. Can I get a reminder of what was on Essos again? Kevin, will you uh, handle this question for me? Yeah, this is my territory. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I would say, so like Westeros is where like the like main show all takes place. And then Essos is like, you know, like Arya when she's like out in Bravos training to be a faceless man, she's yeah. over there. Ugh, did not like and then, that face. Then when Daenerys was like in that one desert kingdom or whatever with like the, the pyramids and marine, that yeah. was, that's kind of like Essos. Karth is Essos. What about mm-hmm. the Iron Bank? That's in Bravos. Yeah. Which is which Essos. is also in Essos. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and 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 are they all just hanging? Are they friends? No, not necessarily, right, Kevin? Or like a king? That's right. They, and so Essos is like way bigger than Westeros. Oh, it's like big. geographically. In my head, it was smaller for sure. Like I think I was associating with like an egg, like Essos, like. <laughs> no, so there's like Essos, and then like Westeros is like mm. you know, uh, it's like the Essos is the big guy. Okay. Literally think of it as like Westeros is Europe um, size wise, mm-hmm. and then Essos is more like the entire size of like Asia. Whoa! Yeah, that was very helpful actually. Yep. My brain was still was not cooperating until then. Right. Okay. Um, I believe it. So far more vast is Essos, and and I've always thought of Essos, and like let me let me say this about it. So. 
Game of Thrones is taught to you from a Westerosi perspective, mostly by far, right? Mm -hmm. The same way that like when you're in Western Europe or the Americas, you are taught a history that is very Western focused. Yes. Right? You guys know what I'm saying here? Yes. So that's kind of how it is in Game of Thrones. Everything in Essos is way more mysterious. We know less about it. Um, It's sort of more exotic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, They control the Shadowlands. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Dragons come from, right? Shadowlands and Mm -hmm. the Shy. The Shy. And to speak non specifically about Essos, I, I, I generally see it as sort of a total amalgamation. Uh, basically sort of North Africa through the Middle East, almost a little bit of sort of Greek to it. Um, And it even goes back to some of the old great empires like the Egyptians and the Romans. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll give you a couple examples. Um, Like the fighting pits of Marine, like they're watching people kill each other, just like the gladiators in Rome used to do. If you look at um, the slavers, you know, um, what are they called? The, The masters? The great masters? The wise masters. Yeah, the wise masters. <laughs> if you look at the wise masters, they are like to me they look almost intentionally like Egyptian with like that heavy sort of black eye makeup oh, that you see. Now I know who you're talking about. Right. Yeah. And like it looks a lot like sort of like Egyptian hieroglyphics almost, the way they make them look. Not to mention the fact that they are slavers and they build giant pyramids, which is obviously also quite Egyptian. Right? Hey, that juice. Yeah. We were enslaved by the Egyptians. Sure, you know, <laughs> this is up to your interpretation. <laughs> I don't know if that's the representation. I don't, I don't think it is. It might not be a cause for celebrating, but you know. Yeah, sure. Can you give me that water? Ooh. Yeah. I am choking. I Tough swallow. <laughs> Stuff out here. Um, yeah, and it's also interesting. I think they can like represent like the Turkish as well, like. Most people in SS do sort of have that sort of darker complexion. And like if you look mm-hmm. at um, the way they dress is like totally different than Westeros. They all speak different languages. And mm. if you look at SS on a map, it looks a lot like Turkey. Um, so Oh, maybe that's, yeah, that's the Turkey I was thinking of. So what? I was, okay, I said Dorn, <laughs> but I think it was, it was Essos that I yeah, was thinking Yeah, it was probably people like... Um, like mm-hmm. the place where um, Daenerys stole the Unsullied from has a pretty Turkish vibe, mm-hmm. um, that city. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I see it. That's kind of how I see the Game of Thrones world. Okay. And then there would also be like a big empire that used to exist there that like the Targaryens came from that would like, that like fell and it's all mysterious. Yeah. The uh, Volantis, right? Uh, no, it was the the doom that occurred at that you know the big yeah the big place. But isn't is that not Volantis? Isn't that old Volantis or something like that? It's right there. Yeah, and it, I mean, there's like a that occurred, and then you can look at like the the fall of those major empires is just sort of like a crazy shit. Like the Roman Empire fell almost overnight and shit. So, well. That's huge hyperbole, but it's mm-hmm. similar story to like the Doom, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so, but the Doom just had a few more volcanoes exploding. Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> hey, but you can look at Pompeii, right? Pompeii was a part of the Roman Empire that killed a bunch of people. Yeah, it was right there. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
Look at this coming up with coming up with coming up with stuff on the fly. On least. the fly, history on the fly. A um, couple other ones just for fun that I've think of. Um, the Iron Islands has always been a tough one for me because geographically, it's... well, the Aran Islands off the coast of Ireland. I've always thought that. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. but so I always thought they were sort of Irish e, but they also their behavior is like super Viking. It's a Viking behavior, the whole like rape and pillage and. But didn't the Vikings? I feel like the Vikings took over Ireland. Well, the Vikings took over a lot of stuff in like the eight hundreds or whatever. Okay, so. But like, what the point? My point is, is that the way of life for Vikings was sail around on their boats. They'd invade a country and then they'd rape all the women and they'd steal all their shit and then they'd like head back north. Ay ay ay. Okay, interesting. So yeah, but like you know, it's like a combination, and then yeah, they're totally Vikings. Yeah, right. But it just like geographically, it's one of the least Man, like that makes sense. That's right. not fair. Vikings give a pretty good rep. Everyone's like everyone likes a Viking. Well, that's because they're old now. It was such a long time ago. Yeah, no, I know, but still, it's kind of nasty. You know, the Vikings were total pieces of shit. Yeah, that's not fair. Now they get to have a football team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those things where enough time has passed. So. Yeah. All yeah. right, fine. Mm-hmm. But I won't think of them the same. All right. Did Good anyone... thing there are no other questionable football team names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not this region. <laughs> I can't seem to think of any. <laughs> are the Ravens? They send a lot of Ravens in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. We live in, like, we live in yeah. Raven headquarters. Sure. Which doesn't really mean anything. I was trying to think of, in my head... I, my brain made up a little scene in Game of Thrones where there's like a whole raven room where they hang out in. There are. I, oh, there is? The, and, and like most castles have raven rooms. But are you serious? Yeah, I didn't make that the up. maesters feed them and keep them. Oh, I didn't make that up. Okay, great. Well, that's that's us. That's Baltimore. We're mm-hmm. just the room with a bunch of birds. Not only that, but <laughs> there's a phrase that they say in the book all the time, dark wings, dark words, because if you're getting a raven, it's usually bad news. And most news coming out of Baltimore is bad news. Oh, it's been a rough <laughs> couple of weeks, but it's yeah. still a great place, and everyone should visit and move there. It is wonderful. I'm exaggerating. Come see us. Yay! Um, did you guys have anything that I that you think of that I haven't talked about, at least from a historical perspective? And then I do want to talk to you guys just for funsies a bit about the show ending and everything. Okay. Yeah. But does anyone have anything historically left to say or anything like that? Ooh. I thought that there was like a Tyrion character in the War of the Roses, or at least like Shakespeare's version of it. That I, I'm not totally sure, but you did remind me of something um, that I think is really cool, and that there was actually a Mad King at the beginning of the War of Roses. Oh, seriously? Yeah, I think it was Henry the Sixth. I want to say, like, had like a manic, crazy breakdown where he like, he wasn't like homicidal. But he had like a breakdown and then like didn't speak for like a year or some shit. Oh man, yeah, that was Mad Kingy. Yeah, and they re- referred to it as a like a bout of madness because um, they didn't you know know what caused anything back then. They were just like, oh, he went mad. Was uh, there a Joffrey, just like a like a psychopath? Um, I I'm not totally sure. Again, I don't know too much about the War of the Roses, um, but I, I, I Joffrey to me just sort of represents the problem that happened with all those European monarchs inbreeding all the time. Uh, Cause he's still like twisted and fucked up. And that's what those 
monarchs used to do to keep all the power within the same family. That was actually going to be my next question is, are, is, are the incest storylines, is any of that like... Oh, absolutely. But yeah. broadly speaking, there isn't like a certain family that was like particularly known for a brother and sister or, or like... Uh, not that I know of. I think the Habsburgs of Austria were pretty inbred. Um, but were they doing it for fun, like like the Lannisters are? <laughs> as far as I know, they weren't just doing it for fun. They do it, yeah. They do it as well. Just, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, they're not that, even trying to keep the power in the family. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, they are into their families though. The other some funny thing that some people might not realize, and I've actually proposed this idea of doing a full episode on this to Lisa, is that. Um, the betting ceremony they do in Westeros is totally real. They used to do that in Europe all the time. They'd literally carry a new bride and groom to bed and like sit there with them and be like, you know, have fun banging and then leave. And then there's even some countries where they would literally stay in the room and watch them no, bang. No, no, no. No, yes. no, you're lying. No, no. Yes. There was like... Uh, <laughs> what? Lisa, it was an old Scottish tradition. <laughs> oh, But yeah, well, so what happened in the Red Wedding with uh, Uncle Edmure, um, when they all carried him off to his bedroom, that like actually used to happen. The carrying, I can get, I can, I can understand, but like the watching. That was rare, but there are accounts of that happening in some cultures. <laughs> but it was rare, the much more common betting ceremony was just putting them there. Was it like a show or was it like there for like support and tips? You know, like, yeah, oh, go there. get him. Yeah. <laughs> not there, not that all. Give him hell, Rams. <laughs> <laughs> Best Tim Rogers joke ever. Um, but no, it was it was more just a ceremonial thing. I think when people were like, you know, before the Puritans came around and made us all ashamed of having sex, um, and it was a little more comfortable for everyone. Like, yeah, get in there, have sex, have some babies. You know, it was like that sort of thing. The Puritans did that, huh? The Puritans totally like ruined like England's and even the United States like view on sex. Like there was like very like let's all be bottled up and ashamed of ourselves. It was Aww. all the Puritan movement that did that. Bummer, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Puritans ruined my high school years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin, not history related. Um, <laughs> I don't like. I don't want you necessarily, unless you want to. You can if you want. Like giving me what you think is going to happen at the end. Is there anything that you want to see happen in this last series? Like something you're rooting for, or anything like that? Well, so I kind of like the show and the books have diverged so much at this point that the show is just like this ridiculous, amazing thing to watch. But the mm -hmm. plot doesn't make a whole bunch of sense. You know? Yeah, Would you a lot, agree of, with me lot there? of plot holes in that last season for yeah, sure. A lot of leaps. Yeah. And that's fine because it was still really entertaining. So for the show, I'd really just like to see like some big dragon fights with some zombies. Sure. I think that, that would be really awesome. Uh and insofar as like things to happen, I want I want John and Danny to like work out this whole we're related thing. That that seems to be a bit of an issue. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'd like, I'd like for John to, uh, oh, oh, I know what I want to happen. Okay. I want, uh, I want Tyrion or, uh, um, Jamie Lannister to kill the Night King. That's what I want to happen. Why specifically Jamie? 
because Jamie is the Kingslayer and it'd be like a really cool little twist on like Jamie being the Kingslayer, you know, yeah. and it's like a bad thing. And then like all of a sudden he turns around and he's the dude who slayed the Night King. Okay. And so he's like still the Kingslayer, but it's like a good Kingslayer. I got you. Well, technically it's almost like he would be killed two good Kings because well, the Mad King was deserved to die too. Exactly. And like he was totally justified in killing that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's but like this time he might actually get credit for it. Yeah, that's true. But it's like, and it's also like fire and ice. Like he killed a fire king and a ice king. Ooh, that's a good Ooh. point. Oh yeah! Wow. Nice, Lise. Is his sword currently Valerian steel? I believe it is. Or did he it give is. that one to? That's Brian? why it's like, why are you giving a Valerian steel sword to a one one handed man? Ah, okay. I like that take. I like that take. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, also this fire and ice thing. I totally want John and Daenerys to have a baby. I don't care that they're related. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, that's the most obvious seeming thing, right? I feel it like it, yeah. right? It's it's a song of fire and ice, is what the whole series is called. Yeah, which so, is rude. Yeah, AKA John and Danny fucking. Yeah. Although, really, John is the fire song of fire and ice, I guess. Yeah, I guess he already is a half Stark and half Targaryen. Yeah, he was born of it. Yeah. I can I do a I only want I have one prediction for the whole thing. I definitely will. I'm pretty sure, based on everything I've read, that whatever, however it ends, is going to blow everyone's minds. But I just have this one tiny piece I'm going to guess. So I do think John and Danny are going to have a baby. And so I went back and read the full um, prophecy that the witch gave Danny about not having children. And uh -huh. this is just in the, the book, the last line that's it's not in the show. But it, oh shit, now as I'm saying this, I'm forgetting what the line is. Um, but. It's you know it's like the the wind blows and the the wind the mountains blow in the wind it's like all these things that won't happen. The sun rises in the west and sets in the east or something. Yeah, and any and and then he'll come back and he'll return. But there's one other line that made it much more convincing to make me think. I'm really botching my explanation now, but basically I think Khal Drogo's gonna come back to life, and I, I think he's gonna make some kind of appearance. That is my guess. Okay. All yeah. right. A lot of characters could be coming back to life. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Steve, what do you got? Um, I don't want to cover this in great detail because I did in um, the Ag Hard podcast last night. <laughs> uh, but I just do want to say that I, I think that at the end of this, I think the whole thing is just going to be one giant allegory for climate change and geopolitics around climate change. Um. Because there's just so much evidence that these ice zombies are coming to murder everyone and all of the people in power are like, well, yeah, they're going to murder everyone, but I still want to be king and I'm going to look out for myself first and take the knee and all that bullshit. And they're ignoring all of it um, when there's like the clear apocalypse is like facing, like breathing down their neck, essentially. So, uh, like, Jon Snow is just, like, Al Gore rolling around in 2000. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's funny, but, like, it's, like, pretty accurate comparison, right? That's a pretty it's, yeah. um, And it's just, like, they literally bring a dead freaking zombie and show everyone, and then they're like, oh, okay, but, like, you still have to bend the knee. And, like, get is this point not getting across at all? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But so I think that's kind of what it's going to be about and how it ends is just going to be like sort of the creators of the show, not so much Martin, but like the creators of the show and how they feel like humanity is going to handle 
climate change eventually. Yeah, and I'll also say, like, I don't even think it's just, like, all these people are selfish and, like, sitting here and taking care of themselves. I think it also just shows to me, like, how difficult it is for humans to pull away from their own drama. Like, yeah. how self-obsessed everyone is. Like, with, with like, society and, like, their their place in it and, and everything. So it's so difficult for everyone to turn their head and look at a common cause outside themselves. Right. Right. Um the only other thing I want to see that's not a big deal, but I would just love to see it, is I want Tormon and Brienne to... You said his name so... Tormond? Tormond and Brienne. Tormond. Tormond. Yeah. Yeah. Tormond, giant spin. Yeah. <laughs> I want them to hook up, I want them to fall in love, and I want them to have a thousand gigantic babies. That's what I want to see at the end. I mean, that would be awesome, but there's also something going on with her and Jamie, and then they mm. could have giant babies that are also super amazing swordsmen. Yeah, and I do really love their friendship. They have a great dynamic that I really love watching. It's like the only oh. other person Jamie gives a shit about. Other oh, than Jamie s- likes her more than a friend. Man. Dude, thank yeah. you. So, Kevin, like, Steve has convinced me, tried to convince me that they're just friends, but I'm like, I don't know, man. I think she's into it. Yeah, man, you're inside Jamie's head when he's in that hot tub with her in the books, and he's uh, yeah, he's he's thinking some thoughts. Oh, you have you have facts. You have facts. He has well, straight receipts. Well, yeah, I could have told you that, but yeah. Oh, you it, did. Like, there's literally like a line, like like when she stands up, it moved. Oy, yeah, oy, oy. yeah. Dude. I didn't know if I could say that on this podcast or not, but yeah. You know, was... we have the explicit warning on our on our cover, so we're good. Oh yeah, he was getting a boner. Yeah. Whoa, Jamie Boner. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it just makes him even more curious that he gives a shit about her because he doesn't give a shit about anyone. So not only is he like, oh my God, like I love this chick. He's like, why do I love this chick? I don't love anyone, you know? Yeah, she makes, her, she makes him a better person. Right, yeah. And he's like, she's also like the only one who told him what he needed to hear that wasn't a Lannister. Huh. Yeah, and she was also she was also the only one that he told the, like why he killed the Mad King. Yeah, that's also true too. He didn't tell anybody else. Yeah. Oh my God! So all this time when people are mean to him and call him Kingslayer, I thought that they were just being kind of like overly mean. And I'm like, you know, this guy stri- saved you from him burning you, but no one knew that. No, generally yeah. speaking, no, they don't. Oh. No, no one knew that until he told her when he had his hand cut off. Yeah. Oh, I just didn't, I guess I didn't make that connection. Yeah. Wow. Everyone knew he was mad. No one knew he was like, burn the whole city to the ground mad. Yeah, ah. like, like right now, do it. Yeah. Okay, so they were like, he was crazy, but chill, bro. And he was like, no, yeah. you don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, the guy was like running away to like go blow up King's Landing, and then he killed him, and then he killed the king. Yep, and then Cersei did it later. Right? Yeah. Uh, yikes. Uh, yeah. Wow. Mad queen. Really, he ruined his reputation and killed the king, and only for his his like former lover, current lover. What are you talking about? He killed the king to save the city. I know, but only for the person that he loved to to blow up the city, anyways. Oh, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we are we're good to wrap up here. We're like I I can't do the math fast enough in my head because the the recording we're using for this particular episode is in seconds and we have had 1400 seconds i have no idea how many minutes that is seems very unlucky steve (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's weird that i can't figure that out Uh, but i think we covered a lot and i think kevin we will be seeing you in beautiful summer summerland nevada Mm. um, Ah. assuming we can fly out 
Um, yeah, with the it blizzard might be tough coming. with the weather. Yeah, um, uh, but if, we can do this off pod. <laughs> yeah, but if this goes well, if this goes well, we can what do a follow up. Gonna... <laughs> we can do a follow up episode live uh, in Nevada. Yeah, um, but you know, but for now we're good. Kevin, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, great first guest. Great first guest. Absolutely, you did wonderfully, and I am so excited to pick your brain more about all your your throne knowledge. Tell well, thank you very much. I'm a big fan of the pod. Thanks, Kev. Um, all right, we're going to do our little sign-out now, so we'll talk to you soon, Kevin. Uh, my, my name is Steve, and I was a history teacher. And my name is Lisa, and I married him. <laughs>